The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of the Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. No, definitely. <laughs> no, no, no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. Dave, Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by you, the fans. Uh, we got Drunk Saints History Season 2. It's going to start uh, this week. I'm going to try to get the first episode up or next Monday, I promise. We have the first two uh, done. Me and Andrew did them. The first one is going to be the uh, worst plays, the worst single play in Saints history. Me and Andrew go through the list. It's horrible, but uh, very, very enjoyable. Because uh, of my uh, drunkenness. Is the, is the division game against the Vikings, That's we're already concluding that as history? Yeah, it's in there. Okay. It's, it's, if it happened yesterday, it's history, Dave. I uh, guess so. So thanks to everybody for making <laughs> that happen. Um, we're recording tonight because uh, yesterday we, I had issues and I'm under the weather and stuff, that sort of thing. Uh, so um, we were trying to figure out like topics to discuss and... One of the big topics on Saints Twitter is Jarvis Landry. Saints needed another wide receiver. They need a slot receiver. Um, Jarvis Landry went to LSU. He plays slot receiver. He's not quite a free agent because the the Dolphins franchised him, but they're not paying him $16 million. I guarantee you fucking that. Um, so they're looking to trade him and that sort of thing. Uh, and, and Andrew... I'll start with you. We, me and you talked about it today, and pe- I've been talking to people on Twitter for about a week because they have a lot of NFL like Twitter people, writers and stuff that don't like Jarvis Landry. And the interesting thing about him is the last three years he's averaged 150 targets. No Saints player has ever had 150 targets ever under Sean Payton. Not Jimmy Graham, not Colston, not anybody. Um, so, uh, you know, he – it's an interesting. He's an interesting case because he's the lead dog in Miami, uh, surrounded by like not a great quarterback and kind of shitty receivers, right? So he's like the guy, and they just throw it to him constantly, and he averages like ten yards a catch. Um, for the Saints, he'd be like the third guy. So it becomes like an interesting thing. Like, what do you pay him? And 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 like like Andrew, the question that I asked on Twitter and I asked you is like, if you reduce Jarvis's Landry's targets from 150 to 80 or mm-hmm. 150 to 90 let's say because that's what he's going to get in with the saints because they run the ball more and mike thomas is going to get most of the throws right like if you reduce his his targets to 90 like what is he and what is he worth 
I feel like you're kind of getting at this the wrong way. And I, I understand that stats kind of dictate the market. In other words, you know, you agents kind of say, okay, this guy produced at this level and he made, he's this age and he made uh, this many catches, ergo, you know, there's some magic formula uh, that equates to him deserving X million of dollars a year or whatever. Um, I, I think when you're evaluating whether or not he makes sense for the Saints, I think you need to first look at, and Sean Payton talks about this all the time. I mean, this is this is obvious stuff, but you know he harps on it a lot. So I think it starts with the vision for a player. What's his skill set, um, and does it help us get better? Is that is there something about his skill set that we either don't have or that we can incorporate in our offense to make it more multiple or dynamic in some way? And I think when you look at the Saints' offense. Offensive line, as long as it can stay healthy, which hasn't been the case, but offensive line, good. Uh, very good running game. A quarterback, and forget his age, is, is performing at an elite level. He gave you 16 games last year, and he was the second-rated quarterback in the NFL. You know, Michael Thomas is obviously great. Ted, Ted Ginn gave you a nice element. But if there's one thing that's missing from this offense, um, it's that they were woeful on third down. They just, they really struggle to convert third downs. And so then the question becomes, well, okay, how do they start to convert some of these, you know? And I, I don't think it's a down or distance issue because the running game was good. So you know, I think they can, with added health on the offensive line, that's one thing. So maybe, you know, you get younger, you get better depth there. But otherwise, I just think it was moving the chains on third down with a dynamic possession receiver or a dominant tight end. Um, and Jarvis Landry, unquestionably, it, I, I think, helps the Saints' offense in a significant way because he runs routes so well, and he catches the ball phenomenally well, and despite the fact that he doesn't get great separation all the time and that you know he, he catches the ball in tight windows, he's strong, and he is a chain mover, and that's what we saw in Miami. I, I forgot so, about him. He returns punts, too. He does, yeah. But but so forget forget the stats, forget the yards per catch. It's when you look at third down percentage and how much the Saints have struggled, that is a guy they sign that immediately, in my opinion, completely changes the outlook for how third down looks. Now, he's got to get chemistry with Drew Brees, which means working out together in the offseason. It means going to all the OTAs. It means being in training camp, not getting injured, you know. That part of the reason things fell off and trust was lost with Willie Sneed is he was injured. Breeze lost faith in him. And so, you know, I, you've got to have time to task. So, you know, you, it's not just you sign this guy and magically he's good. You know, especially with a receiver like that, there has to be a tremendous amount of trust in Breeze, a tremendous amount of chemistry, and that doesn't happen overnight. So there's a lot of work to be done, assuming they were ever to acquire him. But – um, that's a guy for me that moves the needle for this offense because of what he gives. And so now you start to ask the question, what is he worth to the Saints? And, well, he's kind of worth a lot because <laughs> it, it, it's not just some receiver that you're adding that looks nice. You know, like I actually think there's a good vision for this player and that he fits what this the offense needs right here, now. Here's the thing, though. The Saints have they've never really paid for a wide receiver in free agency. Now maybe they've never had to. They've never sucked so much on third down, right, Dave? But Dave, right. as Dave, as our resident Tulane 
insider expert slash LSU hater, I want to pitch the case to you that if it was Jarvis Landry from West Virginia and not from LSU and Covenant, Louisiana, Saints Twitter, they're hot to sign him and give him 45 to $50 million would be less than one out of 10 or zero out of 10. <laughs> like, is that fair? I mean, I don't, I don't know what number I'd put it to, but uh, yeah. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Him being a local product, an LSU guy, uh, is, is absolutely is stoking this fire more so than anything else. And I, I think the funny thing is, is as far as the Saints are concerned, um, they have never shown any preference um, to people from LSU. In fact, I would even make the argument that they prefer to stay away from people they do lately um, they really well, hasn't do. it already come out that weren't the saints listed as one of the teams interested yeah prom, yeah from like a splash report from like a rapaport or whatever so i mean who knows what that's worth um but uh, you know so yes ralph the fact that he comes from lsu obviously <laughs> is making saints just, fans saying, salivate man. more so than normal but uh but as far as whether that means it's actually going to happen or not, or gives makes gives it a better chance of happening. Uh, I don't think it means diddly squat. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I'm reading on Finsider right now. They they're expecting like a third round pick or a player. Um, I don't see that at all for Landry. Like, I mean, I think Dolphin fans are going to be very upset because look, if Brandon Cooks is a first and a third, and he had two years of control. And he got big plays and had elite speed and, and was viewed as a much better player, I think, than than Landry. Is that fair? Um, I think, like, a fourth-round pick would probably do it for you. I mean, I, the, the, the you thing is... you the contract, too. Well, but, but the, the thing is, is any team that's... I me, This is how I feel, personally. Any team that's dealing with the Dolphins and trying to trade for Landry is in the driver's seat. Um the Dolphins just franchise tag him. So any team that's, that's dealing with them can say, you know what? Fuck it. Guess what? You got to now pay him all this fucking money because you just franchise. This thing just blew up in your face. Um, so or we'll just wait you out until you rescind the tag. Yeah, I can't imagine the Dolphins are going to be cool just like 
playing the long game here. Like they, they want that cap charge off their books quickly. Yeah. Right. So I feel so like, like if they get a team, fourth or a fifth round pick, I think they'll have, they're going to get, yeah, they're going to get to a point where it's going to be go time or crunch time. And, uh, uh, and I would assume any smart general manager in the league knows that. And th- I would imagine they probably aren't going to really get any serious offers until uh, the 11th Has Landry hour. signed that deal yet? No, he has not. See, he should, man, because then I think it puts it really does put a gun to the Dolphins' head because the Dolphins can it still rescind. It starts the clock. Yeah, the Dolphins could rescind that if they, if they don't find a good trade partner by a certain date. But, like, right now... If he signs that, he, he could be like, you know, teams would be like, well, we'll trade for you, but only if we can give you this contract, if you'll sign this contract. And he could just, and if it's not good enough for him, he'd be like, nah, I, I think I'll just play for whatever it is, 13 million for one year. 16, what, what is 16? 16. So, yeah. I mean, nah, he, I'm good. I think he, I'll just I mean, take the 16 he million. Can, he can say to a team, look, you have to get, I think the, 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 the going rate if a player signs early is like I want the franchise tag and fifty uh, percent more as a signing bonus. So like Landry could say to a team, "Look, uh, I got sixteen million guaranteed coming either way. So you better give me twenty four million guaranteed, or I'm just gonna play out this sixteen million. And then if they franchise me again, it's gonna be twenty, or I'll get like eight to ten million next year. So you know." He'll have all the leverage. The, the one thing that I, I didn't think of, Andrew, until me and you started talking is the Saints receiving core, if you look at Ted, Ted Ginn had the best year of his career, he's over the age of 30, he could he could either get 31 30 receivers on the wrong side of 30 can break down at any minute, or he could just become Ted Ginn again and be dropping the balls all the time, right? Um, or he that, could get a lot slower. Yeah. yeah. That could happen, or if Michael Thomas would get hurt—not for the, obviously, if Michael Thomas got hurt for the year, they'd be fucked. But if Michael Thomas got hurt for a month, five weeks, and Ted Ginn is suddenly old and not any good, the Saints' receiving core looks like shit. So, like, at least with Jarvis Landry, like, it wouldn't be ideal where you'd be like, okay, we can run everything through him. Like, it's not ideal for him to be your number one guy, but at least. If that happened, the Saints could be like, okay, we're going to run the ball. We're going to give it to Kamara. We're maybe going to have this rookie tight end. And we got Jarvis Landry, and he can hold it down for three or four weeks. We can scheme it up and make it work. But if you're going with, like, Brandon Coleman and, like, somebody else that's not even on the roster, like, that's 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 a big problem. And I know yeah. I know Drew Brees can figure it out or whatever. But that last year they couldn't figure it out on third down. So it's a, it could I be wonder a what Andy Tanner's doing. Oh. He's working out hard. Isn't an Austin Carr the new Andy Oh, Karen? yeah. Austin Carr is the new. <laughs> I forgot about Austin Carr. Uh, but, I mean, it, that, so, like, wouldn't, wouldn't this, couldn't the Saints justify maybe giving Landry the 8, 9, 10 million and saying, look, he's going to be the slap guy, but it, he's kind of like insurance to, like, solidify the receiving core if something goes bad with injuries or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Manti Teo a little bit. I mean, obviously they – it's on a different scale and he's not as good of a player, you know, and they paid him less, but the same principle applies. I think it's like, yeah, you know, maybe we're overpaying a little bit, but you know, something bad happens. We'll be really glad we did. Well, I don't, I don't want to be sober Susie here, but uh, I think first things first, they need to take care of Mr. Mr. Breeze before they do anything else. Well, Well, I think we're all assuming that that happens. Yeah. But I think, I think they could, 
I mean, they've had moves made. I mean, look. Uh, but ser- seriously, Dave, is there any concern in your mind that that doesn't happen? No, but it's just a question. I guess it's just a question of how it's going to happen. The Chiefs have already done two moves before the calendar even started. They traded Alex Smith to Washington. They traded Marcus Peters to the Rams for a second and a fourth. That's crazy. I mean, if I'm a Chiefs fan, that's... I mean, that's that's the equivalent of the Saints after 2019 shipping Lattimore out for a fourth... And a second, because that's what Kansas City's going to get. They're going to get the fourth this year for the Rams, and a second next year. And Lattimore yeah, leads. I mean, the, that's just, that's just unacceptable. Lattimore leads the NFL in interceptions. I mean, it's like it's. I mean, uh, Peters does. So if it's like Lattimore getting five interceptions this year and then six in 2019, and the Saints being like, "Eh, we're shipping him out for a, for a second and a fourth. I mean, he must. I mean, part of me didn't they give he, back a pick too? Didn't they give back a sixth? Or I something? think. That, yeah, I think they did too. I mean, that, I mean, that's just must, terrible. He must be, like, shitting in Andy Reid's coffee or something. I don't know. Um, but He's got to be the cancer of all cancers. The, leuke- <laughs> the leukemia I mean, of locker rooms. Because he's not, like, I mean, Andrew. He's got to be the AIDS of locker rooms. <laughs> I mean, he's not, like, a de- he's not like a good player or a guy that's had a couple good years. I mean, he's an elite guy at, like, a, the position that teams kill. I mean, I can argue that the NFL now, Andrew, is all about pass rush and corners, and they don't really give a shit about anything else. And he plays, yeah. and he plays corner, and Kansas City was like, Kansas City apparently went to every fucking team in the NFL, and every team was like, nah, except for San Francisco and the Rams. Like every- I think some people, I mean, he's ridiculous, and his ball skills are off the charts, but I mean, I have read that like some fans feel like he gambles too much. I mean, I wonder if the Saints would have had a second if they'd have been in on that. I mean, you got to think maybe or no. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, I'm not sure. So I guess the the whole Jarvis Landry thing is, is Dave, where do you rate it on the scale of, of going to happen, not going to happen, maybe? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a soft maybe. I would say soft maybe. Andrew? Uh, I, I don't feel like it's too likely. I mean, I would just like it to happen on the field. I mean, I'm a huge LSU homer, but I mean, I'd like to believe that I'm, I'm looking at this from the lens of how the offense performed last year, what it needs to get better, and, and that he his skill set fits that well, so... I'd like to believe that if he was Jarvis Landry from Michigan, I'd be saying the same thing. <laughs> but um, but uh, I, I just think it's – when you look at – would you say it was $16 million? For the franchise tag, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you're talking about a huge amount of money, which, I, I mean, I, I don't think he's worth $16 million in, for one year. Uh, and on top – so you've got to give him the huge contract. On top of that, you have to trade a draft pick. Um, I just – I like Jarvis Landry. It would be nice to sign him if, if he was a free agent, but he's not a free agent. So I would, I would makes say, it less appealing for me. I would say if the Saints could do it for a fifth round pick and five years, nine like forty five million dollars, like twenty five million guaranteed, I would do it. Uh, I would too. 
just because here's the thing, like there's a lot of NFL writers on Twitter that fucking hate Jarvis Landry. They think he's overrated. They think he's a stats guy. They think he's a just he gets a ton of targets and that's that's where he puts up the numbers and his his, his yards per catch isn't good and his this and that. Um, and I just think the Saints signing him, it would just be uh, fantastic. All they they would just be arguing all off seasons and Saints fans would be going at these reporters saying. He's going to be fantastic. You'll see. Um, so that's why I'm for it because it's not my fucking money. What do I care? And it's not like the Saints haven't done – I mean, they haven't – it's not like they haven't fucked up their cap before, right, Dave? I mean, what's one move is going to kill them. I mean, if it goes bad, whatever. They, they overcame Gillette and Browner and freaking Bird. I mean, it, 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 you know. Right, right. They overcame that. So why, why do we want to put ourselves in that situation again? But, I mean, they're going to do something. I mean <laughs> – I mean, here. I guess here's the here's the, here's the thing. Like for me, is Dave? Do you think if they if they don't do Jarvis Landry, do you think they're going to do something at wide receiver in free agency that's pretty substantial? Um, which they've never really done, right? I don't. I can't remember them doing anything big. At, at I, I honestly, I honestly see them addressing this in the draft more so than I do in free agency, and 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 I'm fairly I mean, comfortable. Yeah, is kind of the the biggest signing they've had at receiver now. Yeah, and he only got three years, eleven million. Like it wasn't anything huge. Yeah, um, you know, and I and I'm fairly comfortable with um, uh, with with them being able to draft somebody um, that would actually be able to contribute. You know, obviously, I think they do a way better job of scouting on the offensive side of the ball than the defensive side of the ball. At least over the last ten or eleven years, they've they've hit on way more offensive players than defensive players, um, or at least it, it certainly feels that way. Um, and then, in addition, you know, obviously the last two two years, the last two drafts have been pretty damn good. So, I'd, I'd like to think that that uh, that streak will continue. So, you know, I I, I I see them doing it in the draft more than anything else. Andrew, you had a good you had an interesting theory about their their their. Their needs on offense, right? They need a they need a they need a slot receiver and they need a tight end. And you had a theory of like what they're gonna do in the draft and free agency. Can you ex- expound on that? What you, you said on Twitter? Uh, uh I can't even remember. Well, like that they, that they're they're gonna they're, they're, they're either gonna they're gonna they're gonna sign one and draft one, right? They're gonna. They're, they're going to do something in free agent where they're either going to sign a tight end in free agency and draft a receiver or vice versa. Oh, well, I think I just said that, you know, on third down, so I I mentioned there's really, I mean, they've got to improve their pass protection, but other than that, like the two things they can do is get a tight end, a pass catching tight end, uh, which was sorely missed this year, um, or a a possession receiver, a guy like Jarvis Landry. Um, You know, one guy, one name I'll throw out there um, that, it's at least worth keeping an eye on is Danny Amendola. He's a free agent. You know, he's older. He's had an injury history. So, like, I wonder if the Saints could get him on the cheap. Um, and, you know, kind of like Ted Ginn, they signed him to a three-year. those Belichick guys. You know, I mean, they signed him to a three-year, $11 million deal like Ted Ginn, and all of a sudden that starts to feel like maybe a decent signing. So, that that's if the Jarvis Landry thing doesn't work out, and I, I don't – think it will um then th- th- i could see them maybe looking to turn there but so you know the question is I-, I think you know they'll go with they'll try to solve one with free agency and i don't re- i don't really even care like let's say landry doesn't work out let's say mandola doesn't work out 
maybe they decide to go with the tight end then. And so they get a pass-catching tight end, and then, so then they say, okay, let's get a guy that fits what we're looking for, that vision in the draft as a slot receiver. Um, or flip it, you know, let's say they land Landry, then they say, okay, maybe let's not spend money on a tight end. We'll go get one in the draft. So um, I think they can kind of vice versa it. And, you know, just depending on how free agency goes, um, maybe address the other need with the draft. Yeah, I mean, there's the thing is, like, they need a linebacker, and you can't get linebackers. Like, linebackers in free agency, it's hard to find them because I forgot. You might have said it or somebody said it where, like, they're like, linebacker is young man's game. Like, you can't get, like, you can get an old linebacker like Tao, right? And he can be kind of like a stopgap and a fill-in. But, like, nobody's like, wow, Manti Tao is a fucking game-changer for the saints we were all like thank god we have him because klein got hurt and he's been really great in december this is cool but like he's not moving the needle right so like you get most of the time for linebackers like you got to go get them in the draft you got to get young dudes that can run and hit people and linebackers break down even before they hit 28 29 right so yeah so free agency is going to be a hard get i mean i i think i think the saints are going to go and 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 do they're they're gonna go and get a guy first day and it's either gonna be it's either gonna be a receiver or it's gonna be a corner and I'm I'm sticking to that whether it's Malcolm hashtag Butler, system corner hashtag I'm not giving up on that yet I, you know um, have you given up on Star Lotulele that you're, you're kind of down on I, that as I, the I just, day one maybe, maybe I mean he's the thing is I re, I mean that's an interesting point is like Dave if like what if do, do what rate the Saints number one need, Dave? Because I saw somebody they did on <laughs> Football Outsiders. They rated defensive tackle as the Saints number one need. I would say defensive end. Yeah, but you, the, the the thing is that the market's slim, just like linebacker. Like Ansa got tagged by Detroit today, and yep. and, and and Lawrence is going to get tagged by Dallas. So it's like where are you going to where you, you know you're going to be you're going to be in the bin. You're gonna be in the bargain bin looking for looking for the next Okafor at defensive end, I think. But so if 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 okay, so no, I think Okafor is a must to resign. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I just like I don't know, man. The Achilles is rough. No, I agree, and I don't even know if you know he'll be able to come back from it. Somebody then, did mention Suggs recovered from. But then, Achilles. but then at least you know you're you're hoping that Okafor comes back, and you have Hendrickson, and you have Muhammad. I mean, I feel like at least then in Kikaha, I mean, at least then you've got like four dudes. And you're hoping that one works out, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, somebody. So uh, none of those guys are game changing. Uh, no. I don't think anyone in free agency is either, though. That's the thing. I understand that. And the Saints pick 32nd or 27th. So so you better hit it out of the park in the draft again. You went and found the fucking offensive and defensive rookies of the year. (laughs) You you can go out and find a good defensive end in the draft. Well, no. See, that's where I disagree with you, Dave, because first of all, the guy they got at 11 was Lattimore. They're not picking 11th this year. They're picking 16 spots lower. And the fact that Lattimore fell that far what spot you're was drafted. a freaking miracle. I don't care. And what secondly, spot you're the drafted. offensive player of the year was a running back, and those that that's a position where excellent players are notorious for falling into the third, fourth, fifth, sixth you, round. Defensive end 
if you don't get them in the top 25, 25 they don't usually amount to much. And I mean, that's the just, stats. The stats suggest. I mean, I did. A, I remember doing a blog post about this last year, and it was like forty percent, like of all double-digit sack or, or no, it was more. It was like sixty percent of all double-digit sack guys in the league were drafted in the first round, and then their other forty percent was like a combination of each round. Like no, no round was more than like each round was under ten percent. So if you deal. want a defensive so, end. I think you got to do the trade up, but Dave, the good news is the Saints love to trade up. So, oh yeah, so, oh yeah, so let's do it. Let's, let's give it. away all. I, just don't, I, I think it's gonna be hard this off season for the Saints to walk away with an elite pass rusher. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know who I, they'll never pick him, but I would love him because I think he's got he's got potential to be awesome, and he's got potential to fall. Is Arden Key from LSU? But they hate LSU players. But he would be, yeah. I mean, like at 27, like he, he's a guy like he could be out of the league, league in three years. Cause he's injury prone and kind of, I wouldn't touch that with a 10 foot pole, but dude, he could not, be, not to mention he was trash this year. Yeah, he was, but he was hurt. Right. He had, he, he was, um, so look, uh, we, we're going to, we're going to skip the NOLA question. Uh, the, the best NOLA player. Cause I have a lot of fun, um, fun questions. This is from Blake, the intern. Which we're gonna send you some work, Blake. I promise. Uh, we, the Saints got. A what do you mean? So he's already got a job. Come up with a new intro. Yeah. He, yeah. He got. We, Blake asked. So the Saints got a third and Ellerby for Stills. No way. It only takes a fifth for Landry. But remember, Blake Stills had two years left on his rookie deal when the Saints traded. Which him. didn't cost anything. Yeah. So it was like right. Landry's a first round pick. Second um, round pick. And, and he was a second round pick. Yeah. Okay, so he's he's cheap. So he's cheap, but I mean they've they've tagged him. So uh, right. And and like if the Saints they have to they have to give up a pick and give Landry forty million dollars. That's why. But, but when the Saints traded Stills, he still had two years yeah. left on his deal, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and he was a what a fourth round pick, fifth. third round. He was fifth, a fifth. fifth. Yeah. So he yeah. didn't cost anything. Yeah, so if Landry, I mean, if Landry had two years left on his deal, yeah, he'd cost you a second or a third or maybe even a low one. You could argue with his his stats, but with the way he is now, no. Um, let's see. Um, ooh, no one's is, gonna, no one's gonna give uh, a king's ransom for that player when they have to pay that much. Yeah, and the thing is, like, he's a like teams don't pay. Even if Landry, if you said he's the best slot receiver in the NFL, like teams don't pay mega money and draft picks for slot receivers. Um, this is a really interesting question, Dave. Uh, uh, Eric Galco, who we had on this podcast, and he was um, great last year. Uh, who is that? He's a, um, he's a draft analyst, and he was really spot on with, like, Ramchak and other guys that he had heard the Saints were interested in. And in his latest mock draft, he has the Saints – taking Lamar Jackson in the second round, trading up, taking the quarterback out of Louisville. I fucking love this. I am all about Lamar Jackson. I was watching YouTube highlights um, to rap music that I didn't understand, but it was awesome. Uh, And I want him on the Saints. So how do you feel about Lamar Jackson? No? No. No. Uh, First of all, trading up, that's a big no-no. Second Mm -hmm. of all, 
uh, I thought that the quarterback of the future was in the building already. Mm. Um, oh, Taysom Hill. And third, um, he's twenty-eight though, dude. I, third, I feel, <laughs> I feel like um, if two, I, 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 two more years, he's going to the Saints are going to turn over their quarterback job to a thirty-year-old. I feel like Get Peyton. I feel like <laughs> I feel like Peyton would would be more likely to go with a small school guy out of Eastern Illinois like Tony Romo or uh, or Jimmy Garoppolo or isn't there a guy now that uh, he's got like a weird name. I just heard Duncan Holder talking about him this morning, and he's got like a weird name that I, I can't pronounce. Yeah, he sounds, uh, he sounds like a Bond villain. I, I but, there, but there's another small school guy coming out, maybe even from Eastern Illinois. I'm not sure. Um, and I could totally see, uh, I could totally see Peyton going that direction for a quarterback, as opposed to drafting up and making a big splash in the second round. Andrew, do you have any thoughts on Lamar Jackson? I love him. He's fun. A hard pass. Oh, <laughs> both of y'all suck, man. Hard pass. Uh, let's I see. mean, the thing is with him, I mean, I, I kind of saw all I needed to see when LSU made a mockery of him <laughs> in that bowl game. Fair enough. They did it to Johnny Manziel, but I don't think Lamar does uh, drinks. Uh, let's see. Um, this is from JP Christian. How badly will my wife hurt me if I change my it? My wife. How badly will my wife hurt me if I change it from This Is Us? I've only watched 35 minutes of that show. <laughs> I feel like the whole entire point of that show is to just make people cry. I watched my, it after. My I watched, wife has cried watching that show multiple times. I watched it after the Super Bowl. And I feel like that's it's just, it's they should call it This Is Us. Oh, uh, was crying. that the Crockpot episode? Yeah. The dad, he didn't die, then he did. Um, so uh, this is an interesting question, Andrew, um, about uh, the Pelicans. They're winning, um, uh, but this is from Preston Ellis, friend of the show. Uh, he does a great uh, Pelicans podcast. If you want to check that out. Uh, so why do you think New Orleans is hesitant to embrace the Pelicans? The Saints went 20 years without a 500 record and had a pretty good loyal following. Pelicans struggle to fill the seats even when productive, and it's already been 13 years. Because football's awesome. Andrew, why did it, why is New Orleans struggle to support the Pelicans? They're winning now. They're sixth in the West. No I mean, six-game winning streak. Huh? The Saints are king. You know, um, it's a football town. Yeah, but, but why? But why? Okay. Here's the thing. Here's here's the thing. I think it's a culture thing. I mean, I think it's just all. I mean, the deep South and. You know, Texas is this way too, but Football's I just think the bottom line is the Pelicans haven't done anything. Yeah, like and I think, they, they haven't. I mean, build a winner and they will come. Yeah, and I think too there's the herb, there's an urban myth that New Orleans has always supported the Saints. They've always loved the Saints, but the Saints didn't sell out back to back games in the Superdome until 1987, which was their first winning season. You know, um, and they didn't sell out a season until 2006. Yeah, of season tickets. And, and you know, yeah. they hired Ditka in 98 because they were petrified that their 41,000 uh, season ticket holders were going to – the, the base was going to crater if they didn't hire a name. So, like, new, this, this, this myth that, like, New Orleans has always supported the Saints and they've always sold at the Dome, it's just – it's not true. Um, so I remember like, most, most of the home games as a kid being blacked, blacked out. out. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Just, I mean, uh, so then the thing is, the Pelicans, like, 
they don't need to like win championships or even they just need to stack playoff seasons and winning seasons in the NBA back to back to back. Like Memphis was kind of a wasteland for the NBA, and then they went seven years consecutively in the playoffs, made a couple of really deep runs, and their fans got excited. And at the end of that run, they were packing the place every night. So how uh, wasn't New Orleans doing pretty well with attendance when they had? Uh, Tyson Chandler and yeah, David they West. Did really, they did really well in 2008. They, they they sold out like the last 10, 11, 12 games, I think. Right. So uh, once again, you know, I, I really think success breeds interest. Yeah. And then what happened was they, they won in 2008. Then 2009, they made the playoffs again. And then they great cratered again. So they just got to yeah. build. Uh, build oh, this is an interesting question, Dave. This is from Joe. Uh, Jim Henderson. I guess you didn't feel like finishing that sentence. Okay, moving on. Whatever. Jim (laughs) Henderson, play-by-play replacements. Handicap the local wannabes. Christian Garrick, Todd Graffinino, that dude from the Saints website, Black and Blue Reports, Mike Haas, Ed Daniel, Joel Myers. How about Carl Arredondo? No. I think Sean Kelly, who is that dude from the Saints Black and Blue Report, uh, I think Sean Kelly and probably Christian Garrick. Or the odds-on favorites. I still like my I still like my plan of hiring Joel Myers and just gassing up Benson one and getting him from point A to point B. I just don't think a TV guy ever goes to radio. He can do both. He can do both. The football sure, season. he could. Just, you, you just... Who, who's the guy? Who's the guy that does the Pelicans basketball games now on the radio? Sean Kelly. Uh, is, Kelly does. They he does. Yeah. I don't, on does the radio. TV. Yeah, and Joel Myers does I'm, TV. And Sean Kelly does. Uh, Sean Kelly does the Pelicans on the radio. Well, whoever does the Pelicans, I would say, is your front runner for sure. I would just keeping keeping it keeping it in the especially you know because they're owned by Benson and and the same you know same people. So yeah. I gotta say, either of those guys to me are the most obvious picks. I would because also you're, you're working for the Saints. You have to keep in mind you're working for the Saints. You're not right. working for WWL. You're working for the yeah, team. It's the Saints That's right. radio. It's the Saints radio network, right. not WWL. Those radio. two would be really unexciting to me because um, you know Christian's a good guy and I like him and he's very well spoken. But I I heard him call. He covered for Henderson this year uh, during the Packers game and I heard him call the game and um, I you know it's just. The art that Henderson had of, of just kind of you could hear the excitement in his voice and you would know immediately whether it was going well or bad before he even said what was happening based on like the intonation of his voice. And, you know, Garrick was just kind of a monotonous flat line throughout, you know, just play like the intonation. Play, it's fucking hard, man. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. And so and Sean Kelly seems so easy. And Sean Payton, I mean, uh, Sean Kelly to me is is just uh Again, not just unexciting. I mean, it's a, it would be a safe choice. Um, be interesting. I wonder if they'll do what LSU did and go like out of the box and go like pick a guy from nowhere and like. I, I would just love a guy with a lot of personality. I mean, that, that's part of what makes Joel Myers, I think, so great at what he does. Is he's just uh, no. What he makes just Joel constantly Myers, infuses funny sarcasm and stuff. No, the, what makes Joel Myers great is when David Les- Wesley gets really, really upset and does the. Uh, disappointed dad seething anger when the pelicans are playing shit defense that's what makes joel that's what i i love the i will i mean i don't love the pelicans when losing obviously but like david wesley just seething with anger when they 
they just don't play any defense is just phenomenal, and I love it. Um, so let's see. Um, can you, D- Dave? Can you see the Saints drafting Barrios? He must be some sort of receiver late and an attempt to make him an, an Amendola type slot guy. I don't know who that is. I don't. I have. I have no idea. Yeah, I can see that. Sure. <laughs> Uh, Andrew, this is from Brian. If the Saints get Landry and draft Gizeki in the third, are we looking at 2011 Death Star levels? Um, potentially, depending on the health of the uh, offensive line. That's a big one. I mean, I would say, I would say, if if. If the Saints have a vision, if the Saints would get Landry, let's say, and their vision was exactly right, I don't even think the tight end matters. I think their offense can be fucking phenomenal. Because if you just if you just give the Saints 2017 offense, but you bump them from 19th to top five again in third down conversions like they've always been, that offense will destroy people. You know, like... You don't need to do, like you don't need Jimmy. You don't need 2011 Jimmy Graham. Just make them top, even make them fucking top eight third down, and they'll be um it'll it'll be they'll be so much better, you know. Um, okay, this is an interesting question from James. Dave, give me your give me your dream trade for the off season for the Saints. Uh. Jarvis Landry for a fifth round pick? No. <laughs> Come on, I mean, Dave. That would be just pretty say good, it. But, um, no, I want to get a defensive end. So who's a good defense? Who? Uh, I mean, they could. I guess they could trade for Ansa from Detroit. Like they give. Him no, a let's let's pick. think. Let's think. Let's think bigger here. Uh, from the they, just, they would. The thing about a trade like that is they would have to give up so much that. Yeah. I mean anything. Ansa being anything short of like twelve sacks would be a huge disappointment. Yep. Yeah, they, Andrew, what would be your uh... my dream trade? Yeah, I know mine. Uh, Bobby Wagner yeah. of the Seahawks for a fourth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the dream. <laughs> that's the dream. I, I said that's on I said I said on Twitter if they trade for Bobby Wagner, I'm doing a three hour live blog talk radio show, drunk, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna live tweet me um, looking up uh, Airbnb in Atlanta for next February. Like I'm not even kidding. Uh, I mean, now wait, is, is Malcolm Butler a free agent? He's or a free is he, agent. He's a free agent. He's under, okay. So like, going to say that would be your dream trade. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if they go like Malcolm Butler, <laughs> if, when, when, if Malcolm Butler, it'll just be the Ron Paul uh, gif glowing. It's happening. It's happening. I'll just tweet over and over <laughs> and over again if that happens. This is crazy. Um, they're thinking about they're they're thinking about changing the defensive pass interference rules. Oh, good. I'm glad you brought this up. I was going to bring this up. Uh, from they're going to change it to spot foul to uh, 15 yards. Did you know, Dave? That At the is most. that official? Like that's no. They're just, discuss- they're, they're just they're just the comp- the NFL competition committee is discussing that possibility. And I don't I don't know necessarily. And the, the, and, and the way it was phrased was that at most 15 yards. So it's possible there could be defensive pass interference penalties that would maybe only be 10 yards. Yeah. Or five yards. And, and, and um, so 
they so somebody did a chart of like actual defensive pass interference yards that teams got, and then if they changed it to fifteen yards, dude, how many defensive pass interference penalties do you think the Saints got in twenty sixteen? Take a guess. I know. This I is, saw it that was, was Brandon 12 Brown. yards, right? Yes, it was fucking twelve yards. Was it one penalty? One penalty. That that seems unfucking. In two thousand sixteen. Seventeen. They had. One... Oh, you asked two thousand sixteen. You fucked hard. I I meant two thousand sixteen. I meant. It was like we had Brandon how, Browner in two thousand sixteen. We had a lot of. How can it be that few when they throw that much? I mean, I, just, I, mean, I know yeah. that Brees throws short passes a lot, but. That seems. That seems. Uh, that seems just fucking ridiculous. I, but I mean, somebody charted it, and that's what it was. Um, uh, in sixteen, it just—that must be wrong. But it's crazy. But but guys, called on our defense? No, on our, for our offense, like this. Oh. yeah, like they had one defensive pass interference penalty called them on them for twelve yards. In 12 oh, that's actually, we threw the ball less than we normally do. Yeah, but still. it's because all of our receivers get such great separation. <laughs> they can't. They can't cheat. Um, I don't know how I feel about that because I feel like, in one sense, the 15... you you can't you can't do that. You can't change. You can't make that the rule. What 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 happens if a team is losing at the end of the game, late in the game, uh, and they're driving to try and score? Then the the defense can just keep mugging the receivers and just taking fifteen yard penalties and and let the clock run out. No, we saw we we saw that against last year. San Francisco did that at the end of the half to fuck the Saints. But if they'd have done it again, the refs literally could have awarded the Saints a touchdown. That's a rule. That's a rule. You don't oh. remember, you don't remember that, Dave? That, that I, San, I, San Francisco I, I, they tackled all the Saints players with like, yeah. with like five seconds left, so the Saints had to kick a field goal on the yeah, next play. I do. I don't remember that. I don't remember. Hearing about that rule, though, that says if they had done it again, they would have. Yeah. Oh. Now, I, well, I think what the rule should be is. What was it? Somebody on Reddit had a good had a good um, uh, compromise, and it was it was like you get a spot, you get a spot foul the first time, but the second time you get the you get fifteen yards. Let me look that up while well, you guys discuss. That's interesting, Andrew. How do you feel about the rule? proposed rule change I, I mean I just think the potential for like a 50 yard penalty is just too it's just too much and I know that like it could lead to some corners just grabbing a receiver way down the field I don't know I mean you guys watch college football I mean that's basically what they're talking about changing it to yeah, so how I do mean, you guys feel, feel about like, I mean I don't feel like um I don't feel like it, like college football people are noticeably like I got beat. I'm just gonna tackle this dude and get a 15 yard. I mean, it happens some, but it's not as much as you would think. And I just feel like it happens a lot more in the NFL, surprisingly, despite the penalty. Yeah, and I just feel like man, the pass interference, like a, on on a play where it's like a 70 yard penalty and it's like a questionable call. Like it's one thing if you're like, man, it's, maybe it's pass interference, maybe it's not. But if it's like 
a seven. You're like, fuck, that's a seventy yard penalty, and I don't even know if it really was pass interference. It would to me, it would be at least it would be more tolerable now. You'd be like, well, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but it's only fifteen yards. Let's reset this thing. You know, I, uh, no, no, no. So this is this is this is this would be the rule. This would be the the I think probably the best way to go about it. You you keep it as a spot foul, but you max it out at half the distance to the goal. So in other words, if you've got like a 60-yard pass or whatever, I mean, it depends on, on what the yardage is, but, but you get what I'm saying. In other words, you yeah. can't be on, the, on, the, on your own five-yard line and throw some 70-yard pass and get called for pass interference and get the ball at the 25. You would only get it half the distance that, to the that's goal. That's one so hell of an arm, Dave. Yeah, no, I, yeah, that's it's, possible. It's, interesting, throw a Hail Mary it's an interesting penalty, though. I mean, like if a team threw, if a team threw the ball, you know, that, that would – that's that's an interesting compromise. The NFL, it, it would pre- it, you know, and it, it would prevent those situations where if you throw a hail mary into the end zone and there's a pi called, you get it at the one yard line. That wouldn't happen anymore. When do they yeah. have pass interference on a hail mary at the end of games? Except no, it doesn't have to, It doesn't even have to be a hail. Well, yeah, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that to be honest. Yeah, there's going to be some. We're going to the rules changes. They're going to make some massive rules changes because the ratings are going down, and the NFL is desperate to get those ratings back up. And they're going to. I'm not saying their fixes are going to stem the ratings decline, but they are going to try like hell to to turn that around. If if it means changing the pass interference, if it means making everything a fucking catch, whatever it takes, they're going to. You know, try they're going to do you it. know that the NFL is going to freaking double down next year on military appreciation and. Patriotism, that too. That too. How much we love our country. I mean, that that's gonna be. Oh, uh, I could see the NFL basically telling players like, "Look, you're gonna get paid more, um, and if you're not standing for the anthem, you are gonna stand, and you are gonna, you are gonna burn at the stake. You are gonna stand, and you are gonna sing. You are gonna lip sync to I'm proud to be an American, and even if the ball bounces on the ground, it's a fucking catch." You're welcome, America. That's yeah. what it, that's what the off season for the NFL is going to be. Um, so as my as my uh, I feel my chest just wanting to cough violently. So we're gonna wrap we're gonna wrap this thing up. We're gonna wrap this thing up. Uh, Dave, will the Saint get us out of here? Uh, will Will we have actual Saints news to talk about next Monday? When does the When does free agency start? March what? 14th and next Monday is what day? No, we will not. We will not. Andrew, will we have actual Saints news to talk about next week? Mm, no. Yeah, yeah, probably not. But hey, nope. we, got, we got you 40 minutes on Jarvis Landry and nonsense, so you're welcome. Spend your work day on Wednesday not working. You're welcome. Dog. You're welcome. So for Dave, for Andrew, uh, until next week, the bar is closed. <laughs>